I mentioned it there. People are going to spot they're not here. Well, they'll notice Joel's not here anyway. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Mary Poppins returns. I'm Gav. I'm Dave. And I'm Austin. Unfortunately, there will be no Joel or Brucey here as uh, they are still in a drunken, pantsless, turkey-induced post-Christmas haze. But we will try and persevere without them. It's quite the image, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) A very apt image, though. So just like Mary Poppins, our magic always returns nice which is correct every thursday it returns doesn't it austin on any streaming platform approximately every thursday on every streaming platform (laughs) (laughs) okay it's yeah it's been a bit slapdash recently but you know it's christmas Uh, so if you've never heard this show before what where have you been essentially we take a film and we put it on trial it's as simple as that however there will be a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans including a caption contest a quiz some questionable impressions some subpar xylophone playing and a whole lot of banter so just to say, as I said before, this week's film on trial is Mary Poppins Returns. What does that have to do with Mary Poppins? <laughs> that is the sound. Obviously, that's the sound of Mary Poppins returning, <laughs> rising up on her umbrella. <laughs> I feel like I need to watch this film. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. So, set in the eighties and an eighties game. Uh, yeah, show. okay, right. I'll find a, I'll find a better sound effect for the next time I do. Okay, right. Just to say that this will be a very spoilerific episode of. So, if you haven't seen it yet, it is still on at the cinema. So you can go and watch it if you want and listen to this later on, or just trust our judgments. Alternatively, you can fast forward to our quiz this week, brought to us by the lovely Captain Dave, which we will highlight in the comments section below. So, before we go on, our last film, it wasn't actually on trial, but it was more or less a debate as to whether Die Hard was a Christmas film or not. So, Austin, you decided that Die Hard is a Christmas film. So, that has essentially ended that debate. Pretty much, yeah. I think... um... We now, put it to bed. We never need to talk about it. Nobody again. ever needs to talk about this ever again. And if you hear somebody talking about it, point them in the direction of this podcast, specifically episode number 79. <laughs> Austin, you've since watched Die Hard. You've since had the, the pleasure of rewatching Die Hard at Christmas, no less. Now, can you tell us, did you make the right call or not? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's got everything the Christmas film should have, the family aspect, the redemption, essentially. You know, they're a broken family and they come back together. The peril, you know, something's not going to write. Christmas, Christmas, Christmas might, not, <laughs> might not happen. You know, these guys might not get out of the tower. Uh, it was just, it's just a great film as well. And like you say, it's a good antidote, isn't it? So um, you can totally forget about all of the Christmassy stuff, you know, the, the traditional Christmas stuff, and uh, and just enjoy uh, Rick Ben falling off a tower I think, yeah i don't think he fell off the tower on the edge Bean making jobs. it sound a little bit like mr bean so so that, yeah, it's a good and it's a good film and it's definitely a christmas film thank you very much Justin. that's it everybody uh you heard it here first well you heard it here loudest essentially die hard is a christmas film goodness <laughs> so before we move on to the bulk of the show it's time 
or a little uh, news. Right, and this is going to be extremely slapdash, so I will apologize in advance. Hang on. <laughs> right, right, you ready? Yeah. Okay, I'm just going to give up. <laughs> what, what was it going to be? It was supposed to be supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, you but nailed okay. it before. As well. I did nail it before. You know, like uh, the elements are against me. Uh, like, you've heard that all adage. Uh, if at first you don't succeed, just give up because it's easier to be honest. Um, and like, uh, we're just going to move on. Okay, right. Did so, you call it an adage. Yeah, is is that what 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 would you call it? An adage. Adage. Well, you know, it's all about <laughs> making things Bio sound break, more. <laughs> it's making things sound more intelligent by uh, doing them with a French accent. Potato, tomato. <laughs> you say potato, I say apple of the earth. <laughs> okay, so the first bit of news here is that uh, last week or the week before there was the release of the new uh, Neil Marshall directed Hellboy film so dave you got a chance to watch the trailer what did you think of it right i can tell right now just by your face you didn't get the chance to watch the trailer i, I, did not get that. I thought i was doing a different news segment but sure? to be honest i've written down joel here but he's not here is he so i just assumed i could take his name out and put your name in there the, austin? Man, the man who dodges trailers <laughs> yeah austin did, did you watch the trailer i did it was shared in the in the um no, a little film soundtrack WhatsApp group. It was, wasn't it? Shame on you, Dave. Um, yeah, but Dave does like to, to dodge any trailers just because, especially for a film that he thinks he might go and watch. True. Yeah, so, um, true. I, however, are very unlikely to watch it. So I, I watch the trailers and then pretend that I know all about the film afterwards. <laughs> um, so I, I watched it and, you know, I've seen the original Hellboy as well. The original, I don't know if it's the original or not. I've seen yeah, the yeah. last time Hellboy came out and... Um, I don't know, I thought it was quite, it seemed like quite a good trailer. I thought it'd be around, seems relatively interesting, probably tells you too much already, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean. I don't know, it seemed, seemed like, seemed like it'd be a good film. I'm, I'm up for it, to be honest. I mean, I, I really like Neil Marshall. I, I liked um, The Descent and what was the other, Dog Soldiers. They're both Neil Marshall, aren't they? Anyway, they're two great British horror films. And I think that maybe this will be this will be good to kind of return to the sort of horror elements of the of the cartoon not the cartoon the the graphic, graphic novel and yeah. uh, you know I mean I think everybody really admired and liked Guillermo del Toro's version of Hellboy but I think it was a leaning towards maybe a bit more fantasy and a bit maybe a little bit family friendly yeah well mm-hmm. I, I, it seemed well, more comic didn't it it seemed like yeah. almost the start of that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy type of humor. Um, the, the old the last Hellboy one so this is what threw me off a little bit with the trailer because I thought it was going to be quite dark it was going to be more of a horror film essentially but the, the tone of the trailer it was sort of like an action romp you know the, the, the music that they used it, it kind of it was a bit off it didn't really go with what we were seeing it didn't go with the images on the screen so I, I don't know whether that was just tonally a, a bad choice of music for the film or whether the film is, is going to be like that it, I don't know. I've got no idea, to be honest. Hang on. Doesn't this trailer have big Mo from EastEnders in it? <laughs> it does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have seen that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, it, it it was leaning quite heavy on comedy, wasn't it? It did feel that way. Yeah. And I, it seems to be set, is it set in London now? I'm it guessing is, yeah, by, yeah. The, by the inclusion of Big Mo. Of big Mo. <laughs> that is Gary Oldman's sister, by the way. Layla Morse. Yeah. That's yeah. I believe. So I believe. I, thought, I recall the conversation we had after this. It's like, do you reckon she, she looks at Gary Oldman's career and wonder where it all went wrong? <laughs> or does Gary Oldman look at her career and think, man, I, I can- really want a British soap award right <laughs> yeah. now? But also she's like literally never been out of work. That is also true. You know? yeah. True. Well, but then maybe, 
if you get paid as much as you do in a in a hit film, you don't actually have to work every week, every day for <laughs> to be on thirty minutes of episodes. True. Just look episode. at Daniel Day Lewis. He does one film every ten years and spends most of the time in a log cabin. So making shoes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so sticking to the theme of trailers, uh, the trailer for. Aladdin, or a very sneak peek of Aladdin came out uh, two weeks ago. They were all around the same time, these trailers, when they came out. Uh, Dave, I definitely know that you did see this one. Yeah. What did you think of it? Um, well, I'm not, the big thing about this is the reveal of the genie, who's going to be played by Will Smith. I was going to say, I heard it was Will Smith. Yeah, so they finally revealed, yeah, finally you see what he's going to look like. And I'm not impressed. No? He's, he's not big, he's not blue. Oh. <laughs> it's just Will Smith, isn't it's it? It's just Will Smith with a with a strange goatee beard on. The thing is, I reckon in America this might be better received. I think over here in the UK, we look at this, we with the characters reveal, we look at the costumes and we think Panto. Yeah. It looks like oh, pantomime so. right now. Yeah. And I I got the same thing when I went to see Aladdin on the West End, you know, the 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 uh the musical. It, it felt like I was watching pantomime, to be honest with you. Maybe it's because I worked in the theatre for so long. But it just felt like one big pantomime as opposed to an adaptation of the Disney movie. And that's what I'm feeling looking at this now. That might just be a British thing, though, because pantomime is kind of a, a Christmas tradition for us. Yeah. But uh, in America, maybe it'll be better received. I don't know. Maybe. maybe. Uh, and I did read somewhere afterwards because there was a big bit of a kickoff on Twitter. People saying, you know, he's not blue, obvs. Uh, but I think they came out and said, well, this is just a snippet of him in his human form, but there will be, he will be blue at some stage. But I don't, I hope, I hope they don't kind of pull the rug out from underneath the audience's feet, mm. literally, or I should say the magic carpet. <laughs> and, and have him just like a snippet of him being blue and then just looking like a human the, mm. the entire, for the entirety of the film. Yeah. So, I, if, they want, if they're trying to do their own thing with Aladdin, then fine, but they're not. They've said they're trying to remake the animated classic. Yeah. So in which case, you need to be a little closer to it, I think, if the fans are going to be happy with Cause, this Because that's essentially what they're doing with loads of them, aren't they? So mm-hmm. like Lion the, King is, yeah. is like a an almost real life version of the animation. Isn't Same it, with know? Dumbo, which yeah. I think is coming yeah. out soon. Yep. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, 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 somebody did mention on Twitter that he looked like a panto version of Sinbad. <laughs> which I thought was very hilarious. The stand-up comedian. I, yeah. so I, like from, I thought you meant the guy from uh, Brookside. Brookside. <laughs> Not Sinbad from Brookie, no. Just go down the Empire, you can see what the panto version of Sinbad looks like, mate. So, and lastly, sticking on the theme of trailers, the trailer for Jordan Peele's new film, Us, came out this week. And did anybody else apart from me see it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Dave. Right. Okay. What did you think of the trailer? I, it gave away a little too much, I think it's, it, but it still looks fantastic. Yeah. I, I found out more than I wanted to know about the film because I think this is going to be a big suspense thriller, a big mystery. Um, so I don't really want to see another trailer if there is one. It's like, I'm in, I'm enticed. Yeah. This was a great trailer, a little too much on show, but I'll make my peace with that. I'll, I'll forget bits. Yeah. By the time the film rolls out, I'm sure. I'm, I mean, I'm hoping that I do as well. I think the biggest, one of the biggest horror releases last year was Hereditary. And I saw the trailer just before I went to see the film. And that was the biggest mistake of 2018 for me. <laughs> because it just told me everything, absolutely everything. And Hereditary isn't like a, like a shock and awe type film. It's constantly like kind of trying to ramp up the terror. It's quite slow paced, really tense. And the moments where, where there are, you know, that real terror, where there's a shock, it just comes out of nowhere. However, all of those moments were condensed into, you know, a one and a half minute trailer. So you actually knew they were coming. So, so I knew, I knew all of those moments were going to happen. So that was really annoying for me. And I think 
the, that trailer for us, it kind of did the same thing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say to everyone out there, if you haven't seen it yet, and if you are excited or, um, or you know, you're anticipating us, um, please don't don't see the trailer just go and see the film uh, because i think this film is going to be absolutely fantastic and i think that trailer as dave said maybe gave a little bit too much away so yeah, i mean I've, I've just watched halfway through on the uh with the sound off and you can already tell that, that it's telling you so much and it's, it's packed yeah. in it looks well shot though yeah looks yeah really definitely well it looks incredible Oh, so, fuck, he looks scary, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't watch the trailer, just go and watch the film, because uh, okay. that, that looks absolutely terrifying. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so there's no Alex this week, unfortunately. Um, so nobody here to do film feels, so I can either do it myself or I can do it in the style of Alex. Oh, I th- you know where my heart lies. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Film Feels. <laughs> okay so uh yeah we were just speaking about uh, aladdin there we uh, reviewing mary poppins uh, but, oh, by the way really sorry alex <laughs> but, <laughs> so i was thinking this week's film feels we could talk about our favorite ever disney film so favorite ever disney film going with ozzy you probably uh, i think you've seen more disney films than you've seen any other film which Pro- isn't really saying something. no it doesn't say much <laughs> but yeah um i don't know i think the lion king it was one of the first ones i ever watched and it was just um just sticks with you. I saw it as a kid, and I've it, I've watched it many times since. I don't know, it's just a good story. Um, okay, Lion King. Are you are you excited for the remake or the no. live adaptation? You know, no, I'm sure it'll be. I'm sure it'll be really good, and I will watch it. But I don't feel I don't feel excited about it. Okay, you know, I'm not. I Even know. with the returning James L. Jones. Even with the returning James L. Jones, because it is actually just the same story. Like, yeah, it's going to look great, but. I don't mind looking at a cartoon. I watch cartoons all the time. So, so does that mean that you're never going to read Hamlet or you know, <laughs> <laughs> essentially the same story, isn't well, it? Basically, yeah. yeah. I, th- I thought we'd already been through this. Oh, I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen, I think I've seen Hamlet once. There's only so many stories of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Dave, um, you're a big Disney fan, aren't you? Yep, yes I am. So, I mean, I, this might be hard, but if you could pick one. Well, first of all, I'd like to say, I think you, you have very different Disney films, depending on your mood. There's a, there's a favourite Disney film, depending on how you're feeling. But if I had to, I don't know, Lion King, yeah, that is the first film I ever went to see twice. As it, no, I must have been seven when that came out, six or seven, that was the first one I went to see twice. I always loved Black Cauldron as a kid, which is quite an out there, kind of random Disney one. But if yeah. I had to pin it down, I would probably say Hercules. Ooh, good oh, wow. shout, good yeah. Mm. Ooh, I, I went through a stage great 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 songs yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I went through a stage last year of doing my ironing on a sunday morning and i just thought like well you know what goes well with just just something to take your mind off doing this really mundane task whack on a disney film so the first time i'd ever seen hercules and the emperor's new groove as well oh, and like emperor's new groove's got some good tunes oh man, well. honestly oh. i've been so many work shirts watching those films man <laughs> really really good uh, I'd, I'd say my favorite one of all time, though, uh, uh, maybe boring by definitions, but the Jungle Book. You know, okay, yeah, just yeah, yeah. what nineteen sixty-seven was it's it? Got released? Some right, it's got some alright like songs in that one. Oh, it's just awesome. <laughs> alright songs, <laughs> alright songs. Like honestly, man, it, like those songs are just perfect. Like I, I could listen to the entire album back to back. Can I change mine based on songs alone? I'm going to go with uh, Moana. Oof. Well, if it's about songs alone, I'm going Tarzan. <laughs> <laughs> An entirely Phil Collins pen soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you know who did the soundtrack to Moana? 
I know, but I know the rock sings. In there it, goes one of my quiz questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know, so it's still going to be a good quiz. It's uh, okay. Well, I won't give you the answer. Yeah, yeah I'll tell you, uh, you never know. We'll let you go first on that yeah, one. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See how much you remember from this <laughs> prelude. <laughs> okay, guys. So thank you very much for that. Right, on to the bulk of the show. Um, as we mentioned before, hang on, I'm trying to get a good sound effect for this now. So as we mentioned before, this week's film on trial is Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> She's become Mario now. <laughs> no, that is her um, sitting on the banister, banister going times. up the stairs. You know what, I'll go just with that. Clanging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just clanging the railings with her feet as she's going past. Okay, so uh, it hasn't been picked out of the hat at random. Uh, we decided to go and see it at the cinema because we wanted to stay hip and down with the kids. Um, but the the roles have been picked. What's funny about that? I've never been down with the kids, even when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, now the tides have turned, Dave. So in the role, of, so as I said, the roles have been picked at random though. So in the role of defence and trying to get this film placed on the hit list, is dave now dave is just like the bank's children he's insolent obnoxious <laughs> and nobody really likes him everyone <laughs> loves the bank's children they're kids. <laughs> no they're not dave and in prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the old shit list is me i'm a bit like dick van dyke i'm terrible at accents and i feel <laughs> and i feel like a near 100 year old man on the inside <laughs> Now, just like real court advocates, Dave and I will be making the best case for our roles. This may or may not be our real opinion, however, so please do stay tuned until the end of the episode when we will reveal our real thoughts. Uh, as I said before, no character witnesses because Austin, uh, so Alex and um, the other one, who's the other one, Joel? Uh, um, <laughs> that, doesn't, that doesn't sound right. I'm not sure it's Joel. <laughs> is it? um, okay, well, they're not here anyway, so that means the only other role ha- we have to fill is Austin, and he will be in the most important role, that of the judge. Now, Ozzy is a bit like a chimney sweep. He's filthy, and he's always squeezing into tight holes. <laughs> oh, hey, come on, come on behave. behave yourself. That was horrible. Now, Austin must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion. So before we get started, I think it's time to give the uh, listeners a bit of a better understanding as to what the film is about and to spin that wheel of impressions. So I was just leaning over to the wheel there. It was a bit further than I anticipated. And uh, this week, it has landed on me. <laughs> so here, what we do is we read the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film. So so what do you reckon, guys? Uh, I'm thinking it's got to be Cockney or a variant on Cockney. Sort of, like sort of old Dick Van Dyke. What, I, know, I know he doesn't do a Cockney accent in this one, but if you can do a Cockney accent, but with a bit of a, Din Va- a Dick Van Dyke twist, okay. as in make it bloody awful. Okay, um, decades after her original visit, the magical nanny returns to help the bank's siblings and Michael's children through a difficult time in their lives. <laughs> There's Big Mo again. <laughs> I was a little too good for my liking. <laughs> Sorry. All right, okay. Uh, so without further hesitation, Austin, would you like to please kick off proceedings? Yeah, well, I mean, I always say this every single time, but there's only the two of you, so let's have a nice clean fight. Never. Um, we may be able to get a little bit of back and forth now that we haven't got to deal with those other two. And, um, I've yeah. forgotten them already, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. So um, 
I'll start with you, Gav, if you don't mind. Okay, lovely stuff. Uh, so the original Mary Poppins was released in 1964. The sequel itself had to wait 54 years to be released, setting a record for time passed between sequels. Some people have been waiting those entire 54 years for this sequel, and unfortunately, it just didn't deliver. Now, I'm not going to sit here and lie uh, about the direction story or the script and, and say they were awful, because they, they weren't. They, they, they were just average and I'm sorry, but if you've had to wait 54 years for a sequel, it needs to be better than average, especially when you have several Mary Poppins books written by P.L. Travers, the original author, that you could use at your disposal. For some strange reason, though, the director, Rob Marshall, decided to create an entirely new story focusing on the now adult Michael Banks and his children. After his wife passes away, he is clearly struggling to keep control of everything, and when he misses a payment on his mortgage, the dastardly bank manager, Wilkins, gives him just a handful of days to either pay his mortgage back in full or prove that Michael has a share um, has sorry has shares in the bank which have been passed down to him from his father. Enter Mary Poppins, who flies in to help Michael and remind his children to be children and to have fun. So that's essentially the story. Not much really happens as they eventually find the shares at the stroke of midnight on the last day. In between that, there are small events that don't really shape the story at all or have any real importance. Mary and the children swim in a bath. They venture into a big world hidden in a small vase. Uh, they break the vase, they take it to a shop to be fixed, and then they get lost on the way back from that shop. That, that's, that's it. That, that, they are the other things that happen in the story. None of, none of them really adds anything to the story, and the, the film actually wouldn't make a difference if those elements were completely removed. Now, there are obviously musical numbers peppered throughout, which either lead on from these minor events or they precede them. But they are just as average as the film itself. If you're going to have an average script and story, at least have memorable musical numbers in between. And I'm really sorry because I love Lin-Manuel Miranda, but the music just wasn't as memorable as the original. Now, the direction was, once again, average at best. And now you will know Rob Marshall, Ozzy, because he is the director of the best picture Oscar winning film, Chicago. So the man does know a thing or two about musicals here. But I don't know, maybe he works better on an already established piece of work. Here, he will have had to compile his, his own images, his atmospheres, songs. And I just don't think he was up to the task. I think it was just a little bit much for him to handle. Marshall decided to use a lot of old school animation and special effects as a nod to the original, but I think it just looked a bit jaded in comparison to the rest of the special effects. It goes a really long way when your grand finale scene involving Big Ben looked poorer than a similar scene from Jackie Knight's Sorry, Jackie Chan's Shanghai Nights. What a film, though. <laughs> what a, I know, you know what I mean? Uh, in summary, I just, I think we could have all done with waiting another 54 years to see a sequel to this one, to be honest, as it fell victim to the old reboot sequel case, which proves that once you start Poppins, you definitely should stop us. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's a good good flourish, if nothing else. I like so, the flourish. Yeah, so essentially there's lots of fluff. There's no real, lot, lot of side stories. So I've got no consequence to the main plot. And um, according to Gav, it just falls flat in comparison to the original. So we, we did not have waited. Um, prove him wrong. <laughs> Happily. 
happily. Uh, with regret, I, I believe that Gav is, is lying through his teeth on this one. Um, it, it's simply not true. Rob Marshall, I think, has done a fantastic job with here. Gav's underplayed um, the old school special effects, which he employs. There's a scene. Have you? You say you haven't seen the uh, the original Mary Poppins? Um, no, I, I don't believe I've seen the original Mary Poppins. I've seen scenes <laughs> of it. Definitely, you know, it's yeah. um, it's iconic. So, so I will have, have seen some of those. You've seen the uh, the scene for Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, where they're going. It's like an animated world around them, and just the real characters in front of it. Like imagine Roger Rabbit in reverse, sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Roger that Rabbit scene. in reverse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So th- that sort of scene is is mirrored again. Uh, Gav mentioned the bit where they go into the vase. And the Disney executives, when they heard about this scene, they thought, great, this sounds good. You know, it's, it's a perfect counterfoil to that scene in the original. Um, but they wanted to use CGI. They wanted it all computer animated. Yeah. And Rob Marshall fought tooth and nail and said, no, I want this hand-drawn like the original was. I want to go back to basics. I want to pay homage to the original, to the people that worked on it. And, and Gav's underplaying that a little too much. It's a really nice technique to go back to the basics there. And... What you'll get from this film, and I think that exemplifies it perfectly, is an overwhelming sense of nostalgia. You will feel your childhood coming back to you slowly, much as it does for Michael Banks, the adult in this one. Your childhood slowly starts seeping back in and you get these waves of nostalgia and it's fantastic to behold. I think Rob Marshall does an incredible job with the choreography as well, which he arranged. I recall when we did The Greatest Showman, um, one of the things that Gab prosecuted there, that was you versus me again, wasn't it? Was that Rob Marshall who did that? No, it was not. No, it was right, not. Okay. <clears throat> but I'm talking about the choreography in that one of your criticisms of it was that um the camera was too um quick it didn't linger on a set of dancers for a bit it was all too rapid fire and you know you didn't get like you would like in the classic golden age of hollywood you wouldn't get a seven brides for seven brothers kind of proper choreographed dance sequence here you do rob marshall knows musical theater and he knows musical cinema and if you look at i'm thinking about the uh, the trip in the light fantastic Triple O Life Fantastic, remember that one? Yeah, but I'd, I, 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 would, I would genuinely disagree because I think <laughs> there was lots going on in that. There's like BMXs here and there. There was, you know, like kind of, it just kept on cutting back to just shots of uh, Mary Poppins, like being really happy or one of the kids going like, wow. And it just, <laughs> I would have liked to have seen a really long shot of all of that going off. But you, got, I, you got long enough shots, I think. I think like... No, <laughs> sorry, I thought you were saying something. There. Sorry, no, I was just so repulsed. <laughs> I think the shots were good. I think they were long enough, and I think Rob Marshall proved why he is such a good musical director. The sets in this film are incredible. I have to say as well, the choreography, the musical numbers are superb. And throughout, you feel like you're watching the sequel you didn't even know you wanted. Gav said people were waiting 54 years for this. I don't think anyone really expected a sequel to Mary Poppins to come along. I think possibly because P.L. Travers wasn't so keen on the idea. She was a big fan of the original, and even though Walt Disney himself wanted to do a sequel it was kind of like no let's not so i think that's why it took so long and i don't think people would be disappointed they may not even have known they wanted this but the references and the homages that it, it pays to the first film bring this overwhelming feeling of nostalgia like i said remember this film has to cater to two different audience types it has to cater to those unfamiliar with the first film uh, the majority of which i'd imagine are, g- are going to be children who are given a whole new story with characters you can easily connect with even if you don't know the backstory and know them from the first film you can enjoy this film without knowing or even remembering a great deal about the first as there's no need to catch up on the characters old or new they're all clearly introduced in such a manner that you don't feel you need to run and catch up or fill in any blanks yourself you then have to cater to that most dreaded of audiences the fans of the first film Um, or maybe not even fans just people who uh, who saw the film as a child and have fond memories of it and you know they haven't thought about it in years and you know due to how long ago the first film came out this could be adults of any age now for these viewers, the new story will make it feel like 
real effort has been made by the screenwriters um, to, to, to get this new story out there, to properly portray it, and yet still get the feel from the first film. There are so many nods to the first. You could blink and miss them as they fly by you. You know, um, Mrs. Banks's votes for women's sash, and she was a suffragette <laughs> at the moment in the first one, is now serves as a streamer for her grandchildren's kite, which I thought was a really <laughs> nice nod. Um, it's, you can see also that uh, her daughter, Jane, who was a child in the first one, has now grown up into Emily Mortimer, and she's, whereas her mum was a women's rights activist, she's now a labour activist. And it's little nods like that. Someone's clearly thought about how these characters would develop. You know, she's coming to turn into someone her mum would be proud of. Um, so, and also the snow globe that Michael finds in the attic uh, is amongst other items which can bring back a memory. You know, you remember seeing it in the first film and it brings back memories of your childhood. It brings back memories for the character and it brings back memories for you watching it. It's like, oh yeah, there's that snow globe. I've forgotten about that, you know. There's so much from the first film that came flooding back to me personally as I watched this. Um, yeah, as Mary Poppins says in the film, the adults always forget and the film references how easy it is to get caught up in the serious of life and forget how to find childlike wonder in the things and the simplest of things around you. And this film brought back parts of my childhood that I'd forgotten and I thank it for that. Also, I just had to say about the songs as well. The, the songs are more clever than Gav is giving them credit to. It's, it's, it's too soon to say whether they'll be memorable or not. Because I know that is something people have said. It's like, oh, the songs aren't memorable. It's too soon to see which songs are going are gonna to live on, which songs are going to get stuck in people's heads. Um, but the film serves as a perfect counterpart for the, for the musical in so many different ways. Each song from the original has a counterfoil in this one almost place in almost the identical part of the of the uh, the film it's like the life i lead was originally sung by the father in the first one it's kind of very similar to a conversation which is ben wishaw now his son seeing a very similar thing about how his life has gone when and although david thomason may have been proud of it in the first one ben wishaw's very much filled with regret after the passing of his wife okay. spoonful of sugar is very much like uh, can you imagine that the perfect nanny it relates to the place where the lost things go all of the songs have essentially got their own little sequel here in another song being played in the new film and the way that they've composed these songs with most all original music but they've taken little bits out of those original songs that they're referencing be it um lyrically or musically they've taken uh, a line of the lyrics and just a line and just put it in the song or they've taken a bridge and put that in the songs from the sherman brothers original soundtrack from the first one and all of this just ties in beautifully with the film okay <clears throat> that's pretty interesting so one thing with that then so the songs are almost um not necessarily identical, but they've got the same feel, the same um, message as the existing. Does that mean that the story is original or is the story um, the story is truly original or is it essentially a retelling with new characters? No, it's a very original story. It's it's quite different in a lot of ways. It, the central theme, which of course is important, that's what P.L. Travers was going for, is intact. You know, when, if you look at, especially if you see the film Saving Mr. Banks, mm-hmm. uh, which is about Walt Disney and P.L. Travers making the film, it it becomes clear that Mary Poppins didn't turn up to save the kids. She's there to save the, the family unit, the dad in particular. Uh, in the first one, it's David Thomason, who's too tied down with work as George Banks. In this one, it's Ben Whishaw, who has just, since the passing of his wife, he's, you know, he's, he's uh, lets things slide on the mortgage payments. He's just, he's a bit scatterbrained and he's just losing his kids and he's not spending enough time with them. And it's just, it's, it's for the dads that she comes back. It's to save the family unit. So that central theme is yeah, intact. The but the actual story as it goes along is is different. It is fresh. And as Gav said, you know, it just feels like, you know, they just go from one, like, pointless 
ex- escapade one pointless song to another. It's like, you know, in a lot of ways, that's musicals. I don't think it is pointless. It's a kid's film. It's all about the journey. It's about the colours and the themes. And this, like I say, the songs are important. The lyrics are important. There's a lot of very nuanced, very subtle uh, meanings behind the songs. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's a fantastic journey, and it is about the journey in this instance. Okay, well, that's um, it's pretty good. Rather than go um, the way we normally do, where it's um, you get two points in a row, I'm going to go back to you, Gav, though. So if you want to answer any um, any of the new topics that we dealt with there and, and add some more to it, because that'll be um, easier um, for me to... I was going to go into a bit of detail about some of the cast and characters. I mean, Dave went into... He spoke a little bit about Mary Poppins there, so... Um, once again, I'm not going to pretend that the performances weren't terrible because uh, because they weren't. Um, Emily Blunt did a really decent job as Mary Poppins, but the fact of the matter is she just isn't Julie Andrews. I'm sorry. And you'll be thinking that throughout. It's it's good, but it just isn't correct. It's like, it's like wearing somebody else's boxer shorts. They may fit, but they just don't feel right. And for me... <laughs> that's that's what this film was about Uh, but it wasn't just the performance that was off there was something about the character that felt different felt like it had been tweaked but not for the better mary essentially returned to help michael banks but she literally did frig all dave you mentioned before it wasn't about her coming back and helping the children in the original it was about helping the family unit now for that, that, that for me that is exactly what mary poppins was about it was about helping the family as a unit she was coming back to help the children be children she was also um, allowing the father to realize you know how work had made him like kind of withdraw slightly and concentrate too much on the work and you know he was a bit distant from his children and at the end she brought them back together and she was able to go off with this she she was supposed to essentially come back and, and help the family because it was it was like a, a spiral of, of chaos really um Ben Whishaw and Michael Banks had essentially forgotten to pay his bank payments and the bank was after him for the proof that he actually had shares in the bank or to pay the money in full that's when Mary Poppins came back and you'd think that or she'd help him try and find proof that he has shares in the bank in fact she she pretty much hindered things more than she helped <laughs> when it's discovered later on in the film that the youngest bank's child has used michael's shares in the bank uh, to patch up his knackered kite mary has this knowing look on her face as if to say yep i knew that now and if, if she did which i believe she genuinely did <laughs> why <laughs> why didn't she do anything before why didn't you say anything mary why why did you just funny about riding, riding bicycles and visiting bars world when you could have been helping <laughs> I mean, she literally stood by as the entire Banks family moved all of their belongings into moving vans. And she didn't help once in, in finding the shares or helping move the furniture, probably. I mean, I'm just guessing that she didn't help move the furniture because she does have previous form. There's a, <laughs> there's a scene at the beginning where the Banks children make a bit of a mess and she's like, hey, look, I can use magic to clean this up, but I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> So, so I, I genuinely don't think that she helped 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 at all move those the, the, those furniture, right? Also, there's a really peculiar bit with Mary later on. So when they do go to Lampland, uh, uh, Lampland, <laughs> <just>, <laughs> whatever it's called, it. there's a land within the lamp. So with this hair, vase. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. I, but I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking the lamplighter, lamp lamp <laughs> lamp right? So yeah, so Mary goes down uh, with Jack, who is a lamplighter. Yeah. 
and the kids. And they sing this song about not judging a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. And Mary not only puts on this Cockney accent to take the piss, but she also does a crotch thrust, right? <laughs> 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 Which I had to rub my eyes and go like, what is, what is that that I've just seen? And like, I can't imagine Julie Andrews, Mary Poppins doing either of those things, to be honest. It just felt really, really out. It just odd. It just felt out of character that Mary Poppins, this character, would do a crotch thrust and go, oh, I'm my old son, my old China. <laughs> They're talking about... Is that a verbatim quote, by the way? I, I think uh, Gav's exaggerating okay. ever so slightly. Uh, the only bit I'm the only bit I'm exaggerating is the gruffness of the voice. She she didn't sound like Ray Winston. <laughs> what, the old China? Can I just point out that this song takes place in a musical and it is kind of the old bawdy cockney kind of comedy sort of thing. That's, yeah, that's yeah. essentially what they're replicating in a really charming and twee fashion, I have to say, Captain. It's, it's, it's not quite how you described it. I, I, there is a, a lot of scope here for exaggeration and I'm going to exaggerate then. things because I've genuinely not seen the film, I've only seen one trailer. So, um, well, I'll tell you this, Ozzy. There's she, all to play for here. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this, Ozzy. She looked like a Michael Jackson impersonator with a case of crabs. <laughs> wow. <Well, laughs> we just make a little note of that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, talking about Jack the Lamplighter, uh, I, I didn't mind Lin Manuel Miranda in this, but I, just, I don't know if he was purposely doing a bad Cockney accent as a nod to Dick Van Dyke or if he just genuinely can't do an English accent it was just very odd and talking about bad accents what what the fuck was Meryl Streep doing <laughs> like I saw Meryl Streep's name at the beginning I was like oh yeah Meryl Streep that'll be good yeah. and then she pitched up later on as Mary's vase repairing cousin and there's this line in it where Jack says to her where are you from because your accent's so interesting right and I can only imagine that Rob Marshall She'll put that line in after they started filming because he had no idea what she was doing. So, like, like the cast is there. You know what I mean? They 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 do they do an all right job, but not nobody pops off the screen. Nobody kind of really makes me believe that this is a Mary Poppins film. It's it's just sort of a film to pass the time. And as a sequel to Mary Poppins, it really shouldn't be. As a film, this is pretty uninspiring. And as a sequel to one of the greatest family films ever made, this just isn't supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. <laughs> Brilliant. Well done. Okay, that's a good flourish. Another good flourish. Um, follow that, Dave. Okay. Okay. <laughs> if you don't mind answering a few of those little points, I wouldn't mind. So you've already rebutted the mm-hmm. the, the, the the crotch thrust. Yeah, and a little the, bit of the uh, the yeah, it was all musical stuff. So, yeah. it, and I don't, I didn't remember seeing a, a crotch thrust. Ha, has he recrotched the butt thrust though? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, t- uh, but my, my second point was about... <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing you off your, yeah, off your game. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. My second point was about uh, the cast I want to discuss. Now, I, Gav's underplayed this yet again. You know, he says, oh yeah, I didn't mind this. I didn't, this was all right. It was decent. He's like, no, nah, come on. The casting here was fantastic. The casting of Lin-Manuel Miranda was both a stroke of genius and yet a left field choice, but a reassuring one at the same time. You know, he's, he's established as, you know, one of the most influential people 
people in musical theatre right now. Um, but he's never really done, he's never really broken cinema. You could have seen this kind of role going to a more mainstream actor, someone who's a big Hollywood name, someone that was guaranteed to get the audiences in and get people in seats. And it was an out there choice, but it, I think it, it shows how much they wanted to rely on musical capability and how much they wanted this musical to work by the fact that they've cast him instead of going for a megastar. You know, he brings an unshakable charm and charisma to Jack that rivals Dick Van Dyke's as Bert in the first film. His talents on stage are already well documented given the success of Hamilton. But now he's moved into film and his musical credentials are used to great effect. He can act, he can sing, he can dance, and he can pull off a coherent Cockney accent all the while while bringing in an effortless enthusiasm can to he? a role that may have seemed cheesy in the hands of someone less entertaining. Yes, he can. His accent <laughs> is actually good. <laughs> Emily Blunt's casting was a complete tour de force. You know, those are big shoes to fill in the form of Julie Andrews there, but she channels Julie Andrews' portrayal, making the transition between the actresses seamless while doing so she brings her own sense of comic time into the role and making it a little bit less saccharine than, than julie andrews's performance making her take on mary poppins a little bit more abrupt and more severe maybe more brusque but all the same making the character just as lovable in the process like i said these were big shoes to fill and emily blunt has once again proved why she is one of the most sought after actresses in hollywood the kids are all fantastic in this. They give fantastically credible performances throughout and in many ways seem more complex and fleshed out than Jane and Michael might have done in the original. Ben Wishaw and Emily Mortimer are cast perfectly as the adult versions of the aforementioned Jane and Michael. Um, Emily Mortimer in particular, I think, fits the bill perfectly for how you would have envisioned Jane growing up. Uh, the rest of the supporting cast, again, is, is made up of, I would say, British cinema mainstays. I think it's, it's fair to call them. Colin Firth plays Wilkins, the bank manager, who's the villain of the piece, uh, playing against type. You know, he's fantastically sleazy in this role. Julie Walters brings her irrefutable talents to good use, providing comedic elements as Ellen, the housekeeper. And David Warner of Twin Peaks fame shows a slightly softer side as the, uh, the aging admirable next door, who's uh, the bank's next door neighbor. And there are cameos aplenty, as Gav mentioned before. Meryl Streep, once again, bringing up her Sophie's Choice accent, if you think you've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Which she was Oscar-nominated for. I, just point out. <laughs> I, I doubt she's going to be getting an Oscar nomination for this, part. <laughs> it's just a cameo. Like I say, these people come in for one song, and basically that's, that's it. That's yeah. all you need, really. Um, so, yeah, you've got uh, the beloved Angela Lansbury, reminding us why she's so deserving of her Disney legend status. Uh, you got Meryl Streep randomly turning up, I will admit, for one song as uh, Mary Poppins' cousin. Dick Van Dyke's cameo towards the end of the film was a stroke of genius, I think. Having him return not as Bert, the character he's best known for from uh, Mary Poppins, the, or the original, um, but as Mr. Dawes Jr. He played a secondary role in Mary Poppins, which people may have missed if they just watched it as a kid. He also played uh, Mr. Dawes Sr., who was the chairman of the bank where George Banks worked. Um... In heavily aging makeup, might I add, but uh, Walt Disney thought he'd be, uh, he saw his, his act, he had like a, an old man kind of act he was entertaining the crew with, and he was like, okay, maybe this guy could work as Mr. Dawes Sr. Now he's back as Mr. Dawes Jr. Okay, and okay. I have to say, this works. It was such a, a nice, nostalgic feel to see Dick Van Dyke come back to Mary Poppins in this way. And um, yes. So surprisingly, they had to once again de age him, even though he's 93. There, because... goes, <laughs> there goes my trivia. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. But like, because he just looks fantastic. He looks like he's about 60. He looks great. And he can still dance as well. That was what really impressed me. Apparently, okay, no, I've got another bit of trivia which I'm going to save okay. about Dick Van Dyke. Because okay. yeah, my trivia was going to be that they had to age. Age 
this 93 year old man <laughs> with makeup but yeah no he looks fantastic and it's so great to see Dick Van Dyke back in this Mary Poppins film they offered Julie Andrews a cameo but she declined saying that she didn't want to detract from Emily Blunt's performance she wanted just to leave her be to get on yeah. with her own thing which although unsaid I think gives it her blessing in, a, in an unspoken way and yeah so all in all the casting I thought was fantastic and no one disappoints it is just effortlessly charming were there any other points of gabs you wanted me to rebut or shall we just like start tearing shreds off each other no just uh, <laughs> fire away if I go on tweet I'd like to say that the kids when first of all I'd like to apologise to anybody who heard Austin just essentially eating the microphone before <laughs> <laughs> you know I can just Remove that completely. Oh, well, now you tell me that. <laughs> that was just going to be edited out. <laughs> and now it's a thing. Now it has to stay. Well, okay, uh, so I'm just going to leave three seconds and pretend like this never happened. No, seriously. All right, so uh, Dave, when you mentioned the kids, were, I mean, the kids were, they were like stereotypes or caricatures of the perfect child. You know, they, they'd be more suited in uh, Village of the Damned or like a ghost story than they would in a Mary Poppins film. They were just, they were eerie beyond belief, to be honest. I disagree. I think you're thinking it's eerie beyond belief because they are the uh, what you consider like the upper class children that you would expect in like old school London. But remember when this is set, the original was set before World War One, and the other one is set just before World War Two. It's still the 1930s. You know, it, it was a different time. What you may think is creepy childhood behaviour now was relatively, relatively normal for middle to upper class families. Yeah. And um, as far as I know, I mean, I wasn't there. <laughs> but if cinema's taught me anything. Yeah, you can read though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> Colin Firth as you well. You can read well, or you can read. I can sort of read. I'll, I'll let you be the judge. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, Colin Firth as well. He was he was there. He was in it. You know, I mean, he was playing more of a pantomime role he than he was. He was playing against type, and he did it brilliantly. He was Colin Firth. Then, so, yeah, he's the bad guy. I told you this. <laughs> <laughs> he plays against type fantastically. He does a great turn as the villain. He also voices the wolf. Did you spot that? I did. Yeah. In the in Vars world, as Gav calls it. No, that's good. Um, what's well, after that, guys? That's um, that's. That's quite a lot to think about. Can we have a closing statement off for mm-hmm. each of you? Who wants to go first? Uh, Dave, you ready to go for a closing statement? Yeah. Excellent. So you have got 60 seconds to convince me that this is a good film starting now. You would have to be made of stone not to find yourself smiling throughout this film. This story and the film service as a sequel are equally impressive. The film feels like it could run just after the first one without any effort. The score, the set design, the general aesthetics and the the character of this and feel of this new film perfectly capture the essence and the spirit of the old one. Even though the film is set some 30 years later and it's been made over 50 years later after the first one, it still captures that magic of the original through some thoughtful design some great songwriting, directing, and some brilliant casting decisions. There is so much to behold for both diehard fans of the original and those who have never seen it, and everybody in between. As a sequel, it is practically perfect in every way. Thank you very much. From one from one guy who takes his name from a famous stone structure to to this giant stone head. What yeah. the hell? <laughs> David is a very famous stone sculptor. Oh, right. yeah, 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 yeah. And he opened his line there with, you'd have to be made of stone, not to smile. True, good one. And, so and you're comparing me to an Easter Island were... head. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I was seeing the head from Art Attack. <laughs> <laughs> Right, okay. I was trying to think of a famous bull, but I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you've also got 60 seconds, Kevin. Starring John Fair. Cena. <laughs> anyway, come on. I think there's a famous statue of Ferdinand, is there? There will be. Okay. <laughs> you've got 60 seconds starting okay. now. Now, when a sequel to Mary Poppins was announced, I hoped that it would live up to the enormous hype. I mean, a man has dreams. 
I love to laugh, but the laughs in this film were few and far between, and I struggled to stay awake. You'd have a more entertaining time at a British bank or going to feed the birds. Unfortunately, this sequel is not up to the high standards set by the original, and you'll be wanting to step back in time to remember a happier time when there was only one Mary Poppins film. In conclusion, Mary Poppins is less than the perfect nanny here, and it takes more than a spoonful of sugar to make this medicine go down. (laughs) When you said that was all flourish, you weren't kidding. <laughs> I love it, man. I love yeah. it. Yes, yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's just one long flourish there. Oh, yeah, admit, that was impressive, though. That was yeah. impressive. If nothing else, you got the sound. Gavin is winning with yeah. the. Uh, he's winning with the flourishes. <laughs> um, should we have a little quiz while I just tot up the uh, the points? There, I've just tallied everything up. Really, yeah. So if you, do uh, let's do let. So I've had to do this pretty last minute due to some uh, absentees. <laughs> so I've got you here. Oh, people, people not here. I don't think we've mentioned <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even realise somebody was missing, to be fair. <laughs> two people got two people oh, missing. <laughs> There's two empty chairs. That's how I remember. <laughs> so yeah, I've got five questions here. Um, five trivia questions and I've got five true or false questions. So we're just going to go through these. This is a, a quiz I'd like to call... Um, Super Flourish is excellent, but Gav's arguments are atrocious. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, well done. Thank you. (laughs) As he's just written down plus five points. (laughs) Okay, question number one, gentlemen. Which song from the original film was the subject of a lawsuit in 1965 when Gloria Parker and Barney Young claimed it was a ripoff of one of their songs of the same name? Was it Let's Go Fly a Kite, Spoonful of Sugar, or Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious? <laughs> I'm going to say Spoonful of Sugar. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go for the other one. Uh, let's go fly a kite. It is actually Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Disney won it uh, because they could prove that the word actually existed before their version or Mary Poppins. Oh, wow. My way. So yeah. it's, a, it's a legitimate word? Apparently so. Just... I don't think you see it in the dictionary these days, but apparently it was legitimately in dictionaries at one point. Oh, it's got to be what, in the dictionary. I don't yeah, know what the word meant. I just heard about the legal case. And yeah, they were able to prove that the word existed before either song. So therefore couldn't be attributed to either one oh, of them, man. which is interesting. It is. Uh, this is more of a memory test for Ozzy, because Gav may have given, the ball, <laughs> given, the, given this one away. Uh, which Disney movie did Lin-Manuel Miranda <laughs> co-write songs for? Was it Moana, Frozen, or Alice in Wonderland? I'm going to go with Moana. Oh, uh, you would be right. To <laughs> well done, well done, mate. You remember? Okay, um, which actor was the subject of a petition to get him to cameo in the film Mary Poppins Returns? And I'll give you a clue if I say Marvel. Okay, yeah, definitely. It's The Rock. <laughs> as, as a rock. In the film. Uh, I heard they wanted him for the balloon later. <laughs> they wanted him as a balloon. <laughs> All of his muscles were different balloons. I think it, it was uh, Michael Rooker. It was Michael really? Rooker, Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, All wow. because of the line, hey, you look like Mary Poppins. Who's she? <laughs> Is he cool? <laughs> yeah, he's cool. I'm Mary freaking Poppins, y'all! <laughs> Unfortunately, that cameo did not come to pass. Oh. Or maybe, he's there, maybe he's in the background. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, another question. How did Walt Disney coerce Julie Andrews into taking the role of Mary Poppins? Was it A, he gave her a personally guided tour around Disneyland... B, he delayed filming because she was pregnant. Or C, he offered her husband a job costume and set designing. Oh, C. C sounds quite bribetastic. I'm going to go with delayed so she could have a child. Uh, C. 
I'll give you both a point, actually, because it was all three. Oh, really- <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> he I'd- really wanted Julie yeah, Andrews yeah. for this role. Oh. Uh, and five, Walt Disney attended the premiere of Mary Poppins, the original. It was his first premiere he'd attended of a Disney movie since which film? Oh, I thought you were going to say since what major event? And I thought maybe since being frozen. (laughs) (laughs) They just took his head. (laughs) I think he finally attended the Frozen premiere. (laughs) Every premiere for him has been frozen. (laughs) Yeah, future armour is actually legitimate. It's just in a big glass case. Um, (laughs) Which film did he, what was the other premiere he attended apart from Mary Poppins? Snow White and Seven Dwarfs? It was. It was his first animated feature film. Oh, cool. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, 27. Seven years previously. The man clearly did not care for, for premieres. <laughs> okay, now a bit of true or false. Uh, true or false, Jane and Michael were not told who was playing Dawes Senior. It was Dick Van Dyke, by the way, in Mary Poppins the first. Uh, true. I'm going to say true as well. It was true. They did not recognize wow. him. They honestly thought <laughs> that the old man was going to fall down. He seemed so unsteady on his feet. They did not realize it was him. Uh, true or false, Dick Van Dyke's vocal coach was a Welsh-born actor whose Cockney accent was worse than his own. True. <laughs> true. It's gotta be. False, he was from Lancashire. Oh. <laughs> but the accent, that's true. The accent is yeah. true. Apparently it was even worse than Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, that old excuse. <laughs> uh, Mary Poppins Returns is dedicated to the memory of David Tomlinson, who played George Banks in the original. True or mm. false? I, I want to say... I'm going to say true. There's probably a little note about it at the end. I think it's false. I think it's d- dedicated to um, Anton Yelchin. It is dedicated <laughs> to Anton Yelchin for reasons unbeknownst to me. Yeah. I don't know what his link is to it. And I, I, yeah, because I, I, yeah, I, I saw it. And it's, oh, sorry, I'm playing with the microphone here. And Ossie's just told me off. <laughs> very, very sternly. Sorry, moving on. Uh, true or false, there was a scene in the original where the nursery toys came alive, but it was cut because it was uh, deemed to be too terrifying for children. Um, true. I'm going to say true as well, but little did they know Toy Story would go on to be. <laughs> <laughs> most... It is. It is true. Is they, it? Were, they were forced to cut the scene after I think people saw it and like, what the hell? This is terrifying. No. Wow. Yeah. And finally, true or false? The first film took place four years before World War One. The second takes place four years before World War Two. I'm going to say true because you brought that up as one of your arguments. I did, and I forgot that I was going to put it in the trivia question. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say true. <laughs> and what we've learned from that is Mary Poppins should stop coming to London. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I didn't know to follow it for a second there. Anyway, yeah, thanks very much for that. It's a good quiz. I feel like I won that quiz. Thank you, man. Um, if anyone at home is keeping score of who's winning... Please let us know because we lost track a long time ago. I've been planning on going back and listening to them so much and just tightening up the scores, but I really can't be bothered. Um, I've I've been through and tallied up these scores, though, and I actually feel as though... um, There's some good arguments both sides, but I can't really tell how truthful both people are being. So um, I've just gone for who who sounded the most passionate. Uh, And legitimately, I think Dave sounded like he was a real fan of this film. And I felt like maybe you were nitpicking a little bit and your uh, 60 seconds was primarily (laughs) fluff in order to try and fit into, (laughs) fit lots of little references to the films. No, no, no. um, Whereas Dave's 60 seconds was a a legitimate argument. (laughs) So for that reason, I'm going to put it on the hit list. (laughs) 
I knew my flourishes would be my downfall. <laughs> uh, okay, so... What did you actually think, though, guys? Dave, what did you think? I genuinely liked it. Yeah. I really did. The, the the nostalgic element cannot be underplayed. It's, it's a shame you've never seen the original of yeah. it. It really is. There is it's, it's fantastic in that respect. It, I see what people are saying about the songs not being memorable yet, but I stand by what I say when I say it's too soon. Yeah. To find to know for sure, you know, we just got to give this one time and see if any of the soundtrack sticks. But I think the performances were fantastic, and I really was impressed how they did capture the spirit of the original. What about you, Gav? Are you literally the concrete man, or did you actually enjoy it? I thought it was amazing. I loved it, <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I am just very grateful for for Dave for um, putting up such a good argument. To be honest, and getting it on the hit list. I'll have to apologise now to Emily Bunt, Lin Manuel Miranda, Rob Marshall. I didn't mean any of it. I thought I, I, I don't. I thought the songs were really memorable. I've been I've been singing um, uh, "Trip a Little Light" fantastic uh, since I uh, saw it like four days ago. I, I thought the songs were, were genuinely memorable. I thought the performances were brilliant. The direction was great as well. I really liked the the way that Rob Marshall went old school and used animation instead yeah, of CGI. Yeah, yeah, you underplayed that one. Yeah, I, 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 was, uh, oh. was Emily Blunt's. Uh, uh, she was speaking role even better than in the quiet place. <laughs> I, I tell you what, I, after I watched that, yeah, <laughs> I made Siobhan watch a, a quiet place, oh, yeah, and yeah. oh my god, she is incredible! Like, she needs uh, just every award that yeah. there possibly she is. is. Fantastic, yeah. uh, oh, a, a quiet place, just rewatching that. It was a performance in that is absolutely fantastic. And then, okay, one last question then for me. So, I am going to go and watch Mary Poppins Returns mm-hmm. before it finishes in the cinema. Should I try and watch Mary Poppins first? Oh, yeah, you will matter. get away with it if you if you don't have time. Yeah. Genuinely, yeah, yeah. because like they have written this well enough. Yeah, that, definitely, you know, yeah. people can watch it afresh. But you will get something extra out of it if you can watch it yeah, before yeah. you go. You there are so many it. nods, even just like the, in the first one, they go into a chalk painting. That's the animated world. They go into the first one. If you look at the side as Lin Manuel Miranda's riding his bike, you see the original chalk painting yeah, yeah. on uh, the pavement. There's so like many like little Easter eggs, little yeah. nods. It's it's worth, I'd say, watching the original if you can. Cool. But you'll get away with it if you don't. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and honestly, I was just thinking how much of a great, say, two, three years has Lin Manuel Miranda had? fantastic not even good as he deserves he is such a talented man honestly and how how i just don't understand he didn't get a golden globe nomination for best original score or song in mary poppins returns unbelievable but he he's not written uh the soundtrack for this one all right well let him off then yeah how (laughs) how did he not get an oscar for uh, moana I don't know, actually. Well, no, he did, didn't. Uh, how far I'll go get Oscar nominated? Yeah, got nominated, but I don't think he won it. He didn't win, no, maybe not, maybe not. What but, um, uh, You know, I don't know, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Uh, but, um, answers on a postcard, please, folks. Yeah. But it's yeah, looking sorry. good for, <laughs> just to say for Lin-Manuel, he, was, he has been nominated for a Golden Globe yeah. um, for his performance in Mary Poppins Returns, as has Emily Blunt. So it is looking promising, you know, never okay. know, maybe Oscar's time, you never know. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Okay, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, not including Die Hard, uh, so it's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, so on IMDb, did it, did it has made problems with ends scored higher or lower than Spider Man Into the Spider Verse? I'm going to say it's slightly lower, just because I know a few people have hearts made of stone. Yeah, I'm going to say lower <laughs> as well, just because I mean that Spider Verse is okay. Really but what I told good. you, it was 8.7 out of 10. Spider Verse, yeah. 
Uh, I'm still going to say slightly lower. I'm going to say lower as well. well. You'd both be right. It's 7.3, which I think is a bit harsh, to be it honest. Is a bit, yeah. it is, but it, the critics haven't been kind to this yeah. film, and, but they're wrong. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so once again, I put a poll up on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers which list Mary Poppins Returns should be placed on. They all voted in the masses uh, that it should be placed on their hit list with an impressive 71% deciding the vote. Wow. So the wow. majority of our followers and friends on Twitter would say it was a hit. So screw you, critics. <laughs> and before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little uh, caption contest. So I've taken a snippet of the uh, film and I have placed it on Twitter and asked our friends and followers to provide a caption with the funniest one, winning a chocolatey frog-shaped treat. And this week, it's uh, basically very simple. It's Mary Poppins flying off into the air with her umbrellas, if to say, see you later, guys. Uh, now, starting with number one... How do you solve a problem like making a direct sequel 54 years after the original? <laughs> Cast Emily Blunt as Mary freaking Poppins, y'all. Damn right. Right? Fair enough. So enough of an advocate of, of Emily yeah, exactly. Blunt's career, I think so, yeah. In contrast to that, number two is, fuck this shit, I'm out of here, stick to the original, folks. Stick to the original. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like that at all. No. <laughs> um, next one is, uh, I'm Yondu, y'all. <laughs> Uh, I'm singing in the... Oh, wait a second. Um, <laughs> next one is... Um, you said there'd be an open bar. No open bar. No Mary P. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as EasyJet shares prices continue to fall, more affordable craft are being considered. You've all heard of Spruce Goose. Well, this one is the Brolly Wally. <laughs> um, also, uh, seeing uh, how her position was filled by Nanny McPhee, Mary turned right back around and pieced out of there. I've also taken it and I've placed it on Facebook and asked our friends oh, and followers on there. So we've got a few more here. Um, so starting with, oh, I haven't loaded this up quickly enough. So I wish I'd have worn a coat with a hood. I knew it was too windy for an umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is uh, Benjamin Solo. When I get back to dry land, you are grounded for two weeks and you are forbidden from playing with those TIE fighter boys. <laughs> uh, next one. It was at this point that Mary decided the Jaeger bomb shots were a mistake. <laughs> And uh, last one is the goths love using those umbrellas when it's sunny. <laughs> it's quite different humour from the Facebook crowd and the, it is. Uh, yeah, and the yeah. Twitter crowd. I like it's your I'm Yondu. I'm going with I'm Yondu Yol. So. I'm Yondu like Yol. Okay, yeah. so congratulations to Mythical Podcast. You have just won yourselves a flippin' Freddo. Right, so just before... Can I give you my trivia, by the way? So oh, go on, yeah. You, you took my first bit of trivia and I had a bit there. <laughs> right, the bit I was going to keep back after we talked about Dick Van Dyke being made older than his 93 years, he was offered four dance routines. Um, one was considerably more difficult than the others and that was the one he opted to do without any help from his co-stars. So I'd just like to say he's looking good and he's still in good health. Good health, yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Well done, mate. <laughs> so, um, also, Dick Van Dyke, 93, mm -hmm. right? Yep. 93 years old. He is the second oldest person to have appeared in a Disney live action. There we go, film, you were going right? to take, you're going to take my trip. Behind who? Angela Lansbury, who also appears in this film, oh, right? Okay. <laughs> As 93 and a little bit more. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, incredible, to be honest. I, I, I was watching it and thinking, oh, that blue and lady role would have been great for Julie Andrews. But if you can't get Julie Andrews, you know what I mean? Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Angela Lansbury. What Absolutely. a fantastic piece of casting that was. <laughs> anyway, I love the film. Everybody go and watch it, please. <laughs> right. So, just before we call it a day, I just wanted to give a shout out to one of our podcasting friends called 
called 30 something podcast it's basically a group of friends who review films that are 30 years old to the day so they're currently on you might guessed it 1989 but however, they do do the odd uh, current film every now and again. I listened to a good review of Logan that they did a while back. Uh, they also did, I think the most recent one is Aquaman. But if your favourite film is Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Batman, or Look Who's Talking, or anything else that was written in 1989, then you'll probably be in luck. Although I, I probably doubt that they're going to be reviewing Look Who's Talking, to be honest. Um, but anyway, <laughs> they're really good. So check them out, uh, 30podcast.com or on Twitter at 30podcast. So as this episode was going on, the next film on trial has been picked out of the hat at random and it is i haven't written it down what did we decide uh, the count of monte cristo the count of monte cristo oh actually yeah it's what a coincidence it's, uh, so this was suggested to us by 30 something podcast really yeah yeah that is a genuine uh, coincidence there so yeah uh, thank you very much for that guys um so yeah we've also picked the roles at random so in the role of defense it's austin in the role of prosecution it's joel and in the role of character witnesses are myself and captain dave here which means alex is going to be our judge i just quickly checked um there's two versions which one am i do i have to watch oh it's the 2002 version the with guy, guy pierce, pierce. Guy, okay cool. jim caviezel guy pierce okay it's, cool just no, making sure monte cristo not monte fisto that's a completely different <laughs> film Don't also Mon- monte bisto is <laughs> it's also a different film. <laughs> but it goes great on a sunday dinner um, so just i want to thank everybody who's listened to this episode essentially please remember to like share and subscribe that, that's we just want you guys to tell your friends tell your neighbors work the message into some sort of interpretive dance that you can perform in your town centers spread the warm joy that is films on trial and remember to follow us on twitter at film trials where you can recommend films for us to put on trial so mary poppins returns has been put on trial it is a hit guys and we'll be in your ears next week with the mount the mount of conti misto or something similar (laughs) goodbye